0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to the Giants Beat. My name is David Bloodstein. We're going to be talking about the New York Giants today. As we saw in week one, the Giants played against the Dallas Cowboys in a 16-3 loss. And we're going to be going over a lot of things today, talking about the Giants and their performance in week one, uh, the positives, what few there were, And uh, a lot of the negatives, especially on the offensive side of the ball, we're going to be joined by my friend, Alex Wilson. He is currently having some technical difficulties joining the podcast, but that is fine. We can simply just give a little introduction about myself, about what we're going to be doing here for the Giants beat, and hopefully, you know, building a little weekly talk about the Giants whenever we possibly can. So a little background in terms of what we're going to be doing is, of course, talking about that week one looking forward possibly to week two and seeing if the Giants can turn their season around. As we saw on Sunday Night Football, the Giants looked sluggish on offense. Eli looked old. He looked slower. He looked fearful. The Giants definitely missed Odell Beckham Jr. on the outside as a receiving threat. And new additions such as Evan Ingram, Brandon Marshall, typically, they could have done better in their debut for the team. So, as we're trying to get our co-host in here, so hopefully he can join us. If not, we're going to have to do this one solo until he gets in, but that is all right. So, we will just let that roll until that happens. If it does not work, that is fine. Anyway, though, 16 to 3. There's some positives we can talk about. And we'll we'll do that first, or at least I will at first until either Alex joins or I'm left on my own. We can talk about the defense. We the Giants played a very effective game with all things considered, in terms of Ezekiel being able to play week one with that controversy, which we will get into. Uh Dak Prescott coming off his sensational rookie year having a Good but not great game in his debut of the second year. The Giants, led by Landon Collins, Oliver Vernon, Olivia Vernon, my bad, uh, Jason Pierre Paul, all played relatively well. Uh, Landon Collins actually earned a grade of 92.7 according to Pro Football Talk. Uh, he played on 30 run plays, he recorded four run stops. He'll have one catch or three yards in coverage, but, you know, that's all right. And a lineup, He lined up as a uh, safety, a linebacker, a corner, and in the slot. So Landon Collins himself had a very dominant game for himself. At least that's a positive to take away from the game. Uh, also, we had defensive line play. That was relatively all right. Olivier Varenay played 52 out of 54 snaps in the final three quarters. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul played 50 also out of those 54, so that was – very nice to see the uh, the Giants on um, the defensive front at least had their star players available for them. Uh, Demi Harrison was a force in the run game. He actually was able to stuff the middle on a consistent basis. But, you know, Ezekiel is a dominant threat, still had 100 yards. But we're, t- we're talking about the positives in a 16-3 to loss. So we're trying to, to to talk about what we can hang our hats on as Giants fans.
1: And while there are a
0: few points, we might as well highlight them as we can, because negatives we can really dig into, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, BJ Goodson, he looked fantastic all night. He recorded 14 tackles, uh, 12 of them were solo. Uh, he was all over the field, and it was nice to see a player step up that Giants originally were not too sure of going into that game, but at least, you know, that's uh, – Nice little positive. Now the negatives, and there are certainly a few negatives, as our co-host Alex Wilson is still trying to get in. That is not delightful. We are unfortunately on our own today, it seems, but we will, of course, keep on pedaling forward as the Giants did on that Sunday night. Whether they looked good or not does not matter. It's the fact that they were in the game He's not. He's really. I'm really on my own here. There. He's not helping me. All right. Anyway, let's talk about the offense. Um, What's sad is that the offensive line really left Eli with no chance to complete any passes down the field. Uh, he was sacked three times in the game. And he actually, Eli Manning only completed four passes of 10 yards or more in that entire game. So he was not able to look downfield to his weapons. You know, Evan Ingram being I mean, a rookie still has a, you know, Ability to go down the field, stretch the game, stretch the field. Uh, For Eli, really didn't have an opportunity to. Uh, Brandon Marshall on the outside is a big threat. Didn't really do much either. But even Sterling Shepard, he had a very average game. He recorded seven receptions, 44 yards. That's you know very average, even below average if we're being honest. Um, Marshall, we're going to talk about him for a little bit. He was very underutilized. Excuse me very underutilized. Uh, They have to think of him more as a classical Burris type for the New York Giants. They have to use him in that kind of jump ball, red zone threat where they allow him to use his height and his athleticism in the correct way. And he really was not used correctly in that week one game. You know, is there a difference now? Is there a chemistry imbalance between Eli and Brandon Marshall is just, you know, time not played together. Is it just adjusting as the season begins? Is there any issue? Is Odell Beckham Jr. really that big of a key of our team where if he does not play for a game or two because we're not, you know, as of this Tuesday afternoon recording, there's no word on if Odell Beckham Jr. will play week two against the Detroit Lions. If he is not available, are we going to see more struggles like this as well? Uh, going back to last season, I believe the last time the New York Giants actually scored over 20 points was against the Cleveland Browns, I believe, in week 11, perhaps 12. The point is that the Giants on offense have looked absolutely horrible for for about half of the season at this point now, and now questions are going to be beginning to form, as they should, between the Giants fans and themselves, and the front office, and coaching staff, and scouts, and everyone else, the main question now is, could Eli Manning be done? Is that such a far-stretching thought? Could Eli Manning possibly begin to slow down now at his, I believe, age 36 season? I mean, not every quarterback is a Brett Favre type. I mean, Eli Manning is the most Iron Man-esque type quarterback we've seen since far in terms of starting games, I believe it's now over 200 or at 200 games. But does that mean that he's still able to perform at an above average level, you know, for the Giants? And moving forward, do we now see the writing on the wall? And this is not just based on one game, of course, but we are going to talk about this one game as a you know key component of this as well. Is Eli Manning now beginning to fall off? We now have a six, seven, eight-game sample size going back to last season. If you, need, if you want to also include the preseason, you can, but that's you know not really the best example. But at least in terms of regular season, Eli Manning has not led the Giants to 20 points, and at least in the last seven weeks, that's absurd if you think about it. In this in terms of the my NFL, and it's not only Eli Manning course, but this is the question that has to be asked for Giants fans because I'm sure I'm not the only one who is questioning Eli Manning's ability now to perform for the team in terms of starting as a quarterback. Uh, the running game is absolutely horrible, unfortunately. Uh, Paul Perkins, Arlene Starplot, Shane Vereen. The Giants have not had a stable running back since Brandon Jacobs, And we have rotated between uh, Andre Brown, um, Rashad Jennings, which I think some other people, Payne Hillis was on the team for a little bit, the Madden cover boy, but (laughs) didn't do much. The point is the Giants have not had any run game at all in years. And it's very upsetting to see that because Eli Manning really is on his own in terms of uh, having the ability to have a teammate pick up four, five, six, seven, six, seven yards, whatever the point is, consistently. I believe uh, Paul Perkins averaged under three yards. He had a, he averaged two uh, two 2.3 yards per carry. He had seven rushes for 16 yards. Darqua had three carries for 14 yards. That's not acceptable. That is, between them, 30 yards on 10 carries. That's three yards per carry. That's unacceptable. That is... Such a big problem for the Giants that it just comes to personnel. It's these players who are not able to fight in between the tackles and get those extra yards we need to set up Eli Manning to succeed on, you know, short and immediate passes. We have the weapons on the outside and Marshall, Ingram, Shepard, Odell when he's healthy. At at 100 percent, Giants are not rushing back by any means. There's no reason to. But let's say in a week or two, he's healthy 100%. You have an explosive tight end in Ingram who will adjust the NFL over time. He had an okay debut, I believe. He had four catches, 44 yards. That's all right. That's an average game, you know, for a tight end, you're lining up, you know, wherever he has to and adjusting to the NFL level. That's acceptable, I would say, especially when the rest of the team struggle. That's a relatively bright uh. spot. But it was Alex in here. Alex, have you, uh, have you been able to join us today? I,
1: I have managed to join you today.
0: Oh, there you go. Can you All hear me? All right, so we were on a 10-minute tangent right there. All right, everyone from the Giants beat, everyone listening, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Alex Wilson.
1: <laughs> hey, guys, my name is Alex Wilson. As you said before, I am a part of the Giants beat, and I am here to discuss the Giants' first week loss to the Dallas Cowboys an unfortunate circumstance, but nonetheless, something that we must talk about.
0: You're absolutely right. We're actually on a little bit of a tangent. Uh, We covered a lot of things, but I would love to get another person in here because you got me for 10 minutes talking, and we were going through everything on the Giants, so we can always use another person's uh, input. I was discussing uh, the possibility of Eli Manning slowing down, in terms of being a quarterback in the NFL level, based on the fact that he has not led the Giants to a 20-point uh, game. They haven't scored more than 20 points since the Cleveland Browns at least in Week uh, 12 or 11 of the NFL season last year. So that's a string of at least six games where the Giants had not even put up 20 points. Uh, it's not all on Eli Manning. It is you know, the run game, which I was talking about. I'm not sure if you were hearing that or not when you were trying to connect. But the running game has been pathetic since – Uh, The days of Brandon Jacobs, Tiki Barber, you know, we really have not had a consistent runner. And I was discussing the possibility of Eli
1: Manning beginning to fade. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Alex. All right. Well, that's a very interesting topic because, as we know, he is, you know, during the 40-year-old mark. So um, it's interesting to talk about because Eli Manning is one of those quarterbacks that is great when he has time, but is terrible when he's under pressure. And uh, I forgot what the statistic, is, the statistic is, but when he's under pressure, he is significantly worse. And as we saw on Sunday night against the Cowboys, against a less than average defensive line, he was pretty bad. So in terms of age, I think that, you know, as the NFL develops, players are getting stronger and faster. And I think mobility is becoming a lot more, you know, as a, as a necessity for a quarterback. You know, you see Russell Wilson out there. And it kind of makes you think like these guys have to be able to uh, escape the pocket and, uh, you know, move the chains with their legs and not just their arms. It's just kind of a a factor of the league nowadays. Um, But I do think that Eli is maybe degrading a little bit due to age. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, his brother, you know, played after like a neck injury that could have ended his career and he won a Super Bowl in his final year. So I don't think that he is, um, losing his skill, but I do think that he may be slowing down in terms of arm strength and um, maybe decision making. But for uh, for now, I think that we're, if we can get the offensive line back up and running, he should be able to take us pretty far.
0: I I agree with that to a certain extent. I I may be more pessimistic on this fact, but I do believe Eli Manning as a player is going down. And we had Eli Manning as Listen, top 10 quarterback in the NFL at his prime, I think top 10 is about right. You could agree or disagree with that. But the point is is that Eli Manning was never an Aaron Rodgers type or a Tom Brady type. He was never the undisputed top three, top five quarterback they, that they were in the NFL. He was always an above-average talent. He played very well. and He loved the Giants' his two Super Bowls. But when you have an average, above-average player begin to slow down, begin to take beatings, you know, three sacks, constant pressure, a run game that's not helping him and you just leave Eli Manning exposed to an entire team in secondary, front seven, whatever, and he's just getting hit, not being able to make the plays he wants on the field, taking, you know, safe little five hour plays, it's it's something worth questioning. And and no, this is not right. a QB contract This is not a an issue of, oh man, the world's on fire, Eli Manning's done. It's just something that as Giants fans, and as you know, writers and podcasters, and as "quote unquote" experts of New York Giants, as I would like to claim we are, we should be aware of, and fans should be aware of too. You know, it's it's an important question. Life after Eli is going to come sooner or later, and I think what we're starting to see is a trend where we're not scoring points. Our defense is great. We're wasting right. our defense on an offense in theory should be at the minimum league average, at the minimum,
1: at best case, top five. Truthfully. I agree. I mean, I do think um, you're right to a certain extent that, you know, Manning is going to come to an end sooner than later. Um, Davis Webb is currently the man to take the job. It's his to lose at this point. Um, But I do think that if the offensive line can come together, that there is, you know, the potential is high-high. I mean, he was sacked three times against Dallas. The offensive line looked okay at times. Somehow they managed to get decent grades besides Eric Flowers, which is just a constant mess. Um, I mean, Bobby yeah. Hart, you know, they, do, they did say that his ankle was injured early in the game, but he played through it. So that could have been a factor into, you know, him getting pushed back a few times into Eli Manning. Um, but Flowers looked okay in the first half, and in the second half he just fell apart. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is is that with a line that is you know below average and that is it has you know without a bunch of starters for the for the Cowboys, that the offensive line should have been able to put up better numbers and you know at least give Eli a, a little bit of time to throw the ball and um, open up the running game a little bit. Paul Perkins was you know he managed what 2.3 yards per carry, 16 yards on seven carries. It's just you know mm-hmm. abysmal. And Orleans Darkwa, you know he played a little bit better. He had 4.7 yards per carry. I actually see him you know winning the starting job sooner than later, because per- Perkins is just too young, I think. He just doesn't have experience, and, I mean, he was, what, a fifth-round pick, so it's, you know, it's up in the air at this point. The running game is struggling, and it could be due to the offensive line. It could be due to inexperience from Perkins, but I think we went into the off-season with a lot of hope for them, and it just didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. You know what I mean? No, you're
0: absolutely right. I think it is, but now on the uh... – now on the head there. The running game, even if you have an average line, even if you have a below average line, if you have a running back that can still churn out four yards a carry, which is not asking too much of the world. Four yards a carry is average. If he can do that 10, 15 times a game and give Eli Manning, you know, second and six, second and five, even a second and four every now and again, and Eli's able to read the defense, read the coverage, read all the intangibles and skills in the event a quarterback, and see the field And not be second and eight every single time they run the ball, it just creates so much. It creates much more better outcomes for the Giants. And the the running game has to prove themselves because they have not done so at all. And it's it's very upsetting to see. It might accelerate that decline of Eli as we were talking about, but I don't know. There's there's so many issues that we fix with with that particular group. That I don't think it's a stretch say the Giants have possibly the worst running back core in the NFL in terms of just what they put on the field,
1: not in terms of talent. It's, cl- it, it's it, close. It's close.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's really sad, you know?
1: Yeah, but, it is. I mean, what do you, what do you think about, uh, um, the ex Brown, John Greco, the, you know, right guard coming in maybe even replacing John Jerry on a veteran deal, something, you know, small enough that it wouldn't put, odell's big contract in jeopardy because i think right now we have little depth If bobby hart is forced to miss any time dj fluker is gonna have to you know be plugged in right there and he did okay at right tackle with the chargers but i mean he hasn't played there in a while clearly so and he's also a backup on a blind that's pretty pretty bad so you know what mm-hmm. do you think about um you know bringing in greco and you know you know kicking the tires on him see what he has left
0: if you can go on a one-year deal and it's relatively cheap because one-year deals won't affect Odell's you know contract extension by any means, I say go for it. Only because one-year deal should be relatively simple. He's not going to ask for too much money. He's a guard. I can't see him getting more than what, two million dollars, three, four. The right, right guard market is you know not that expensive, and I'm not going to call that chump change by any means. But in terms of the potential gain, if Greco is able to come and you know, provide Solid abilities and play well, and not get injured, and you know, shore up that offensive line. It's the money's not the issue there. It's on the field. You have to make sure that whatever time you have up with Eli Manning and Odell Prime and all these great players, we take advantage of it. And money should not be an issue there. It's, it should be, if he shows he can play, if he's healthy, and there's no doubt in his ability, you sign him immediately. In my mind.
1: Right. I agree. I agree completely.
0: So I want to quickly touch on Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, because that entire situation as a Giants fan was the most infuriatingly disgusting and just asinine stuff I've ever seen. It made me livid to see him play uh, Sunday night. In my opinion, he should be suspended the first six games and possibly more. But as a Giants fan, I mean, a little bit skewed in that regard, but... I never thought I would see Ezekiel Elliott play week one in Odo and Odo Beckham Jr. not. It just seemed like a bizarre world we were living in.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would have to agree with that. Besides the fact that fantasy owners are probably loving the fact that he is, uh, you know, people probably picked him up in the third round. and don't know, possibly seeing him play the entire season. I do think that that was ridiculous. That the fact that he was, you know, granted that temporary restraining order for the six game suspension and, um, you know, kind of putting that legal case on the back end. Um, I mean, it happened to Tom Brady. He was able to play the whole season and then missed, you know, the first four games. So it could happen again. Either way, the suspension will go through. It was a definitely a unfortunate circumstance for the Giants since they had to, you know, prepare for him instead of Alfred Morris or Darren McFadden, which is a totally different runner. Um, But either way, the defensive line did play pretty well. Um, they managed an average grade of 82.4, according to Pro Football Focus. So it's not bad. They managed, you know, they allowed 104 rushing yards on 24 carries to Ezekiel Elliott, um, 34 receiving yards on five receptions. So I mean, 104 rushing yards isn't great, but for a defense that was pretty much out there the entire day, the entire night, it was it was not terrible. No, it was very upset.
0: No, you're, I, I think you did absolutely right. The Giants' defense was pretty much hung out to dry, and for being hung out to dry and pretty much being on the field as the entire night, they played exceptionally well. This is a defense that can carry a team to greatness, but the offense has put some work And you know. If you're not scoring 20 points a game at all, we, we, the Giants' offense needs to bail out their
1: defense every now and again. They can't continue only for three points. Right. And and, and let's let's not ignore the fact that Vernon, Olivier Vernon and JPP both played a, a lot of snaps. Um, before, you know, before the fourth quarter even came around, Vernon had played 52 out of 44 snaps and JPP 50 out of 44. So it's, you know, they, they were out there a lot and they were tired and fatigued. And it it showed in the fourth quarter It was the bottom line. Um you know, Dalvin Tomlinson actually came in and played really well. Uh, he looked really great in his first in his first start, or didn't start, but in his first game with the Giants. Um, he'll be in the same role that he was in Alabama. He's shadowed by Damon Harrison, but, you know, he's one of those guys that will come in and produce every week. So I'm happy to see him play over Jay Bromley if it comes to the point where, you know, Bromley is too injured to play because it seems like he is at that point right now. Um but I do want to talk a little bit about Brandon Marshall and his underutilization in that game and what and why Eli Manning wasn't really looking his way, considering he was up against a, a corner that was much shorter than he was. And um, you know, we've seen his success with the Jets and I think if they if we use him properly, he could be a Proxy burst type of player. But Eli Manning looked at him what he got his first reception with two plays left in the game, so it was kind of ridiculous. Um what do you yeah. think about him?
0: I think Marshall Marshall needs Odell. I think that that combination, once they're fully in sync, him, Odell, and obviously Eli Manning, is going to be a dynamic force. But it just looked like there was a miscommunication. It looked like Marshall and Eli were not on the same page. And it looked very sloppy and just not – they they were not ready. This almost felt like a preseason in terms of like that chemistry and that connection. And it was very disheartening
1: to see. I agree. Um with uh, the Jets, he, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick used him a lot, of course, um, especially in the back shoulder. I think that Eli has to utilize Marshall to his strengths, you know, in the red zone with his size and on the back shoulder because that is where he shines, and, you know, he bullies cornerbacks. Um, mm-hmm. He's strong. He has some speed to him. You know, he's one of those guys that can produce when Odell's not there, and he should be producing when Odell's not there. But I think the fact of the matter was that he, Manning couldn't even look to his side because Flowers was just being beat on every play, so he was forced to step up in the pocket. And by the time that he stepped up, Marshall was, you know, was being double covered. So, you know, we saw Sterling Shepard get in the mix a little bit. He got seven receptions for 44 yards. And the fact that Robert Lewis, you know, their third-string uh, wide receiver, had 54 yards on four receptions, he had the best night out of the out of the wide receiver group, which is kind of ridiculous considering you know he came in at halftime to play so you know missing odell beckham jr was catastrophic um the cowboys knew how to handle the giants offense they just produced when the giants couldn't and they put a lot of pressure on eli and odell wasn't there to bail him out like they were like he like he is pretty much every game so you know life without odell is is a is the dark age so we you know we can expect to get his to get paid next year for sure in
0: one word, I want, I want you to describe the Giants versus Cowboy game week one. In one word. Disappointing. Catastrophic. All right, I agree with you. I got a little more severe on it. But let's quickly, we have about five minutes left, I want to touch on the week two game against the Detroit Lions. Um, for anyone who is not aware, the Lions were down against the Arizona Cardinals and Matt Stafford led a comeback win. So, therefore, I am horrified to see the Giants play against a heavily motivated and ready-to-fight Detroit Lions team. I'm not sure, Alex, how you feel about that as well. I am very, very worried about this Week Two game.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we put up a good fight against the Lions last year. The defense came out on top. But the bottom line is that, you know, Matthew Stafford is the comeback king. That's what he does. That's how he made his money this year. He's the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history because he's that guy that will carry carry the team on his back and, you know, win the game in the last second. Um, I do think that they played very well offensively, besides the fact that their starting running back, Amir Abdullah, was not very good. I have him on my fantasy team. Very disappointing. Um, He was bottled up, but they still managed to score points. And um, they had Kenny Galladay, the rookie. He had a great game, two touchdowns. I think that... uh, if the Giants' run-stopping run game, run stopping game can, uh, you know, stop Abdullah, they should be pretty good. And they have the cornerbacks to stop their, their uh, wide receivers. So the matchup is going to be there, and the defense for the Lions is uh, improved. So that'll be a big, uh, a big competition, big matchup for uh, the offensive line. Again, every game is going to be a competition for um, the offensive line because, you know, if the underwhelmingly bad Cowboys defensive line can dominate them, it is, you know, safe to say that even the worst teams will be able to put up a, a fair fight. So I think that it'll be a great, good game, but it'll come down to the offense scoring opponents like it will every game. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I think it's going to come down to Eli Manning and how well he – and if Odell plays, if Odell plays, they'll be fine. But if he doesn't, it's going to be a tough game to watch again.
0: I agree with you entirely. Uh, quick question for you. We're almost unwrapped. We're almost wrapped up here. As you heard, 90 seconds left. Quick question before we end off. What do you think the final score of the game is going
1: to be? Oof. I think it, it might be a low-scoring one in this one. I could see uh, the Giants pulling off a victory maybe 14-10, to 10, something along those lines, maybe get two touchdowns in, in the first half, and then that'll be it.
0: I'm going to go a little bit more pessimistic, unfortunately. I'm going to go with if Odell plays, the Giants do win. They actually scored more than 20 points. I'm going to go 21-17, if, the, if Odell plays 21-17, New York Giants, if Odell does not play, I'm going to go uh, 14-10 Detroit Lions. I think Odell is worth 11 points.
1: I, I would agree my, with you there. I'd say <laughs> he'll get one nice long touchdown. Listen, the Giants use a lot
0: of touchdowns this season. And as we begin to wrap up here, folks, thank you guys for joining us in on week one of the Giants beat. My name is David Bloodstein. I was joined by Alex Wilson. We will be back next week either Monday or Tuesday, talking about the Week 2 game against the Detroit Lions. Thank you all for listening, and uh, you all have a nice day, all right?